This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. I'm so glad you could join us today on Back Talk, the talk show for parents. Today, we have author Jatali Bellison of Kids Who Bank. Hi, Jatali. How are you? Cheers. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I am fantastic. So I ran across you on social media and, you know, we're all about raising successful black children. And you had this wonderful book about kids who bank. Now, I I just need you to tell me a little bit about how this book got started. Why did you do it? Just tell me all about kids who bank. So I worked 13 and a half years in finance. And in that time frame, I just always encountered adults, rather they were black, white, Spanish, didn't matter what country, what their background was, rather they were coming from a middle class or lower class or upper class family. Budgeting was always an issue. So it was always something in the back of my head that I thought about it. And I was just like, why are so many people struggling when it comes to budgeting, wants versus needs, um, not living check to check? I met millionaires who between the $20,000 they were spending on their boats and, you know, the lavish meals were living check to check. And it just messed my head up. And I said, you know, how is that possible? And I just wanted to do something to hopefully fight the problem and combat the problem before they become adults. And I always wanted to do something for youth. So when I had my son um, in 2015, it really just pushed me towards writing the books and creating a legacy that I felt like if tomorrow I was to pass away, my son would be able to learn something of the nuggets that I've learned on my journey in financial literacy. And that's how it started. And now it's become a powerhouse of its own. And we have a finance curriculum that's gone into 137 schools nationwide. And we have two books, which is a picture book, financial literacy, and um, a chapter book. And our picture book targets even two and three-year-olds. So... And that's going to put your book up for a second so you can see what her book looks like. That's pretty awesome. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, So what age group was this appropriate for? So the Wants versus Needs book, I'd say if your eight-year-old is reading like Harry Potter kind of books, then this is the perfect book for them, eight to 18. But if you know that your child might be a little bit more like, let's say, ages 11, 12 reading chapter books, then this is for 12 to 18. As per the DOE, since we are in a school systems, a lot of the schools that have us, they keep this book predominantly for ages 12 to 18. But I've I've noticed in book fairs when we have them, a lot of eight, nine-year-olds will thumb through the book and decide that they want to read this book and not the picture book. Um, they're more interested in the chapter book story. So that's the age for this book. So let me ask you about this. So is it, I know that you teach a lot about and you you advocate for students before they graduate and learning how to manage a checkbook, how to manage their credit and 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 more things like that financially. But this says specifically kidpreneurs and entrepreneurship is really close to my heart. So is that what is teaching uh, children is how to have your own business? Is that what it's about? It's Tell us a little book. bit about what it's about. So although it's financial literacy, in every book that we have thus far, we tackled anti-bullying, self-love, and entrepreneurship. We feel like we do that through showing a variety of of cast members working together. Um, In the Wants versus Needs books, it's eight characters who parents don't want to buy them a $500 game. 
console. And when the kids' parents tell them no, they go on this journey of deciding they're going to make the money themselves. And they learn about depreciation and things of those nature. And to become, to make your own money at a young age, you become an entrepreneur, right? So it teaches you as an entrepreneur, like, how do you protect your brand? You know, how do you, what is depreciation? How do you appreciate the value of your business? Do you know, how do you market your business? And just different aspects that I feel like were very important for kids to learn on a journey and deciding if they want to be a nine to five person or if they want to be an entrepreneur. I wish I had this book as a child because, you know, I was always the worst with money, but I was an entrepreneur since age seven. Um, you know, mm. I first had a lemonade stand and I get disappointed really um, easily and still do. So I'm like that little kid, like, oh. but I remember having a lemonade stand in front of my house and we had like row homes and there was, you know, there were two bars on the corner. I was in West Philadelphia, like the, the name in the neighborhood. So there were bars on the corner, but there were people going by, but no one was buying my lemonade. You know, they were going for beers. So um, I remember being so disappointed. No one's buying my lemonade. But at that age, young age, I had the the wherewithal and knowledge to say, hey, I need to go where people are really thirsty. So what I did was I went, I uh, took my lemonade stuff and put it in my wagon. Mm-hmm. And I took it over to the basketball court, which was not but like two doors down is a church next to our house. So we had a basketball court in there like area. So I took it there and I did really well. So then across the street, which I wasn't supposed to cross street, <laughs> was a bigger playground with lots of courts. So I took it over there and I really made a lot of money. But it was scary for my parents because I had this big wad of dollar bills like that I came back because I kept coming back and getting more lemonade. And they were like, what is she doing? I was making more lemonade. I went to store because we had a corner store back then. And I was making more of this lemonade and just to keep up with this, you know, demand. And I remember them seeing all this money I had and they were like, where'd you get all this money? And I told them what I was doing and they were like, it's dangerous over there. You can't just go with all this money as a little kid with these grownups. And so so they, they squashed my business, but I wish they were Mm -hmm. a little more nurturing because now you have like, what is it? Alex lemonade or whatever these that are now in stores that are started by kids. That would have been amazing. I could have been the first yeah. one, you know. Um, but you know, my dad, when I was little, used to say that money was burning my hand, and I had to spend it like right away. And it is true. Like I've been struggling since. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that I'm the best with it. I have an MBA, and finance was not my favorite part of the subject. Um, I'm more into the leadership aspect. But um, now I'm a little bit more financially minded because just because I have to be. Um, I recently just started purchasing stock. I really didn't understand it. But thanks to apps like Robinhood, you know, they that's those little apps that you can buy and purchase that stock yourself. And you don't need a middleman. It's helped me a lot. So, you know, when Nike came out and supported Kaepernick, I was like, oh, I want to buy Nike stock because I want to support them. So I was able to get on the app and, and do that. So I but for me to do it this late, I can't imagine how far I would have been in life. Had I known about these things and started at a very young age with the mindset that I had about entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. So how young do you start children being financially responsible? What kind of things I mean, can you teach them? We start at ages two and three. If they can start making really? requests and saying, mommy and daddy, I want that car and I want that toy, etc." then they can start to learn how to budget. And budgeting is a very major part of financial literacy. Um, So to give you an example, my son is three. When we go to stop and shop, which is normally once a week, he knows rather he's with his dad, me, both of us. He knows he has a budget and he gets $1 for a Hot Wheel car. And how he earns that dollar is by putting away his toys every night. So he puts away his toys that he played with for the day. He earns his dollar at the end of the week and he gets to buy 
his Hot Wheels car. Um, you know, he learns that there's taxes on the Hot Wheels toys. And if he wants one that's $5, he needs to save up more money and not buy one this week. But next week, you know, maybe he'll have $2. And, you know, he's gotten up to $3 that he saved to buy a toy. And then he broke at three. <laughs> but, you know, that's still a good base for a three-year-old to have. And I feel like so, no matter how young their kids are, we can start that. So allowance is a good thing then, yeah? Allowance is an amazing tool to me. Um, the same way when our kids do something bad, because I remember someone saying, oh, you want to reward children for doing things that they're supposed to do. But when a child does something naughty, we're so quick to point a finger and say, you did, you messed up, or you did something naughty, or you did this, you did that. When they do good, we don't, how do we reward them, you know? And I feel like it's a good way, even if it's not a big reward, just to give them something, an incentive to show them that they're on the right path. So rather it's cleaning up their toys or helping to tie up the garbage and help recycle, whatever the things are, I feel like there are different ways that we can show our youth that they're on the right path. Um, so our finance curriculum, most recently we did one in a school and a little girl, she's five years old, in the class, in the picture book, there's a story about coupons and taxes. So I went to a supermarket in Brooklyn and, you know, I'm not normally in Brooklyn, but that day we were in Brooklyn and I bumped into this child who I had, I taught. And she said to her mom, mommy, that's the woman who taught me about couponing. And then her mother was like, do you know that ever since you taught my daughter about that, we can't go to the supermarket without me finding at least one coupon without her nagging me and saying, mommy, where are your coupons? So, um, you know, for me, that's the catalyst. Like that's just a, a high to have these youth at ages five years old being conscious of couponing and things of that nature. Because when I worked in the corporate world, one thing I did notice is that the rich aren't paying things for full, full price. They get a lot of things and a lot of items for free. And when they don't get it for free, they get it discounted 30 to 70% off. And one of my favorite stories that I like to share is I had a Jewish client. I remember she literally makes 500 million a year on average. And it was a Ralph Lauren sample sale, home, home and goods. And here this woman was penny pinching and going to the Ralph Lauren thing. And I was just like, you're going where to a sample sale? And we walked mm -hmm. in and this woman was like looking through all the duvets and sets that would normally be sold for a thousand were being sold for 70 to a hundred dollars, $200. And she did all of her Hanukkah and holiday shopping that day. So she basically spent like two twenty five hundred, 2,500, but for 2,500, she bought items for like 20 people in her family. And, wow. you know, it, it blew my mind because it never would have occurred to me that even this woman is waiting for a sample sell to get things at 70 to 90% off because she's like, well, you know, and it, it occurred to me, like, how many times have I gone home with an item from the store and I opened it up and I found a simple nick on it? And here it is, those same right. items are now being sold for 70% off. So these are things that right. we do even for our adults. Um, you know, and even when we do the Kidpreneur Awards, it's something that we we highlight are youth who are not just entrepreneurs, but youth who are philanthropists um, and adults who are creating ladders for them, adults like these. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. We don't have an age gap on it yet. Okay, okay. Now, I just want to acknowledge that the people that are watching, we have a couple of people um, tuning in, that if you have any questions, you are always welcome to type them in. Um, they should come right over to my dashboard here, hopefully, <laughs> and um, we will share your questions as well. Um, but, you know, when you talked about the coupons, they, I, I'm, I really like coupons. I really do. Um, I don't utilize them as much as I, I should because I don't like the grocery shop. But, <laughs> but um, I, I do feel some kind of way that other people aren't 
paying the same price that I'm paying. So it makes me want to use coupons when I do get to go to the grocery store. Um, here now we're living in LA, we, we tend to do a lot of grocery delivery. So I don't get to utilize them as much as I, I would like to. And then I noticed too, when we were living in Naples, we were living in one of the most um, wealthy, we, got, we were very blessed to be able to do this, this, one, this particular time, to live in one of the most wealthiest areas of Naples, Florida. And, um, you know, we stayed there for a good year. And I noticed that, you know, I went to the, because I wasn't that wealthy, but I just happened to be able to live there, um, that the, uh, was it Salvation Army? No, Goodwill. It was the Goodwill. There, there was a woman there in a Mercedes shopping at Goodwill. Like, she was cleaning up. And, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and they call it vintage. But a lot of my clients, uh -huh. another thing, I noticed a lot of my clients either purchase clothing in Marshalls and Target they were buying five, seven dollar pair of jeans or they would go to the thrift shop and they'd be like, oh, this is a nice gown. I need a gown for this event. And they would just buy it at a thrift shop, you know, with no concern right. as to who had it before. I'll get it. Blow you know, I'll get a dry clean. I don't care. And it was just an eye opener to me because I used to be this person at two seconds that was into name brand and would purchase things. And I was making all this money at one point and I just didn't understand the importance or the value of that dollar. And realizing that right. the thing that I'm paying full price for, other people are sometimes getting it for free or getting it highly discounted, you know? Um, so even if you just go to an outlet sometimes, if you have an outlet near your home, I always think that it's sometimes just good to just take that little extra 10-minute drive and save more money um, than paying full price for an item that you can get discounted. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. And to teach children that very young, I mean... I think that's a, a great tool. And if they have too much already, I think it's also a good tool to teach them about donating and then, um, you know, or selling their things even uh, to make money for new things or to make room for new things. I think all that's really important. Um, so let's go through some of the milestones of what you should be teaching children at what age, because you said two and three. And I know my two-year-old granddaughter already knows she calls it monies. Um, when she's in her little play cash register, because she has one, because I'm going to encourage that. And she has, uh, we have a nice little cute video of her saying, um, you know, that she had a little pop up ice cream tent thing where she was selling ice cream. And she told uh, the, another adult that was there that they didn't have enough money. She said, no, 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 more monies. And she can barely <laughs> put sentences together because she's two, but she's more monies. And actually, she's not even two yet. She'll be two in a few weeks. And took her, her to where she knew there were some coins and told her she needed more monies. So she's going to turn two in February. So she's already learning about money. So at like at, uh, let's talk about um, toddlers and preschoolers, school age and high school. Like what can we teach them at those different stages? So for me, I say two to five, two to six. I start with budgeting wants versus needs, giving them a chart, letting them, writing it out for them. Cookies, is that a one, is that a need? Explaining the differences between the two and starting to bargain with them and teaching them, okay, like for your honesty, here's a reward. Maybe you get one cookie since you admitted that you didn't need it, you just wanted it. But then you have to wait for the rest of it after dinner for dessert. Um, teaching them about timeline and understanding how that works. Then when they start to hit seven years old, I'm a big fan of starting to teach them about basics and stock um, and bonds and what is that? What is a commodity? What is um, interest and APR, credit score, debit card? You know, I say that's a good time to start teaching them different ways that they can start to invest their money, that their money actually has a value just over or beyond just buying an item. 
And then when they start to hit 10 years old, I feel like it's important for you, even though you might have been investing in stocks and showing them, okay, yeah, at 10, I think it's very important, like nine, 10 years old, that they find at least one item and you make them that they actually utilize every day. Rather, it's buying a Nike sneaker, something of that nature. They like Jordans, showing them the stocks and being, okay, well, this is, do you want to buy a stock? Um, if the Jordan stock is too expensive at that particular moment, then finding something else that is within their grasp something that they utilize rather it's a music site or something youtube and if it's public allowing them to purchase an item a stock in that and things of that nature and it's teaching them how the market works and teaching them the habit of holding on to things and not just you know and how that works the valuation um and then i am a big fan of like once they hit 14 years old um well 13 first but let me rewind at 13 start teaching them how to build their credit most parents don't know that you can start building a child's credit school at the age of 13. So I'm very big at making sure that parents are doing that at the age of 13. Um, and, you know, of course, you don't just. So one of the ways you can do that, to give an example, um, if your child has an allowance, let's say each month they have $50 for their lunch, you can get a prepaid card and put the $50 on that card. And that would allow that child each month when they're spending their $50 to be technically building their credit score but they're just spending the money for their lunch, money that you would have given them anyway. Um, if you know that they have to commute and there's $100 or there's something that they do that you give them money for, their allowance, whatever, then you put it on the card and you show them the valuation of whatever it is that they're allowed to spend and then give them incentives for not spending all of it. Hey, you know, the weeks that you don't spend all of this, at the end of the month, if you can save, you know, let's say $50 extra this month, out of that $50 that you save for the month or if you save $20 this month, I'll give you, I'll double that 20 for you and give you 40 in your bank account, you know? Um, and wow, then, that's a great idea. yeah. So it's, it's, it's small in the sense that we can do it sometimes, but even if it's $5, if you tell a child you're doubling their $5 because they saved up the $5, that's going to give them incentive. And then you give them a bigger goal. Like, what do you want to do with this money? Create two goal points of what you want to do with this when you make this, uh, you make your goal. Right. Because I think goals are a very good um, indicator to help us stay in line towards something. So, you know, one little girl in a class when I taught her that lesson, she went back and she said she had this goal of going to Six Flags and she'd never been to Six Flags before. Um, and it's like a very big amusement park. So for those who don't know, so she was like, I want to go to Six Flags. I want to do this amusement park. And it's X, Y and Z dollars. And she wanted to save up enough money to even pay for her mom to go with her, which I thought was so sweet. And she said, you know, it's going to cost me one hundred twenty dollars. And, you know, the mom, little did the mom know when she was saving the money up, that was the goal. And at the end, she hit the goal. But when she was able to buy the ticket, her mother said, you know, save your $120, leave it in the bank. And I'm going to pay for this trip because you were so dedicated to it. And these are things that I feel like they really teach, they, they instill in our children that when they they stream in focused and they have a good goal and they're doing something awesome that we as parents are going to stand behind them and really back and support them. Um, and we know we do the same thing for entrepreneurship. If a kid has a business, we have something called the Kidpreneur Awards. We honored youth who were as young as seven years old who had little businesses. One little girl, she had tutu line and her tutu line was in various boutiques around the New York City, New Jersey and the U.S. area. We um, also honored Chloe Cares. Chloe Cares is from California. She donated about 1,500 stocks, knitted socks and, you know, gloves and scarves to homeless people. And now at the age of 11, she's trying to open up her first community center. So we have amazing kids, but we just need to kind of 
pour into them and allow them opportunities to not only see the representation of kids doing these things, but that our parents, us as adults are backing them. Okay, no, that's fantastic. Now, let me ask you this, because I know in our family, we have a lot of birthdays coming up for for, um, children. And I I just want to know, like, how can other family members, like if you're an uncle or auntie out there, how can they contribute to the financial success of the children in the family? Because that's the greatest gift you can give to um, provide them with financial success in life so that it starts young and then they keep it up so that they don't ever have to worry or struggle. You know, how, how can we do that? What can we do? Different things. I feel like CDs are good, um, buying them commodities, like even if it's like a silver coin um, and then teaching them that that has a value which can appreciate or depreciate over time. So if they hold on to it, the potential of it, um, buying them a stock, sending them a stock gift, also um, buying them financial literacy books, like my book, for instance. That's always cool to give them books that will help propel that. Um, sometimes online workshops, I think, are amazing to um, to send to the youth. And um, actually bringing them to events where they actually see the youth, they want to emulate, you know, see kids in their age group. So um, I know growing up, I had an, I, an aunt who was amazing and she knew I used to love cooking. I still love cooking. I just realized I couldn't do it as a profession, but I love cooking. Um, but she would bring me to, every time she saw a food festival, she would bring me. And then she would have, you know, allow me to have conversations and ask them, like, how many hours do you work? Or, you know, um, you know, how much was it for this festival to vend here? So it's just little things like that that you can do to really propel the children. Even as a family member, festivals and being hands-on are just from far away, getting them a stock and sending them or CDs or, you know, um, things of that nature. Well, now that I know more about stocks and I'm learning, I found this company called giveashare.com. And um, I promised that each of my grandchildren would receive stock as a present each holiday and birthday. And sometimes I can get them a little, something else as well. But um, it's a bit more expensive to go to a site like that. But they make it really nice by give them, giving them a stock certificate that's frameable. And um, you can't imagine what that might be worth in 18 years when they cash it out and they need to go to school. So I, I just want to... Um, constantly just keep them buying, you know, things that I know they would like, like if we're talking about Disney world or whatever, I'll get them a stock in Disney or whatever it is that um, I think they will like, but I think that's a cool gift. And I, I think gifts should be set to help them, you know, set them for life. You know, you should give them, if you want to give them a toy, great, but give them something that is going to last and that they're going to um, really be able to use as a step stool when they get older to be successful. Now, um, I use like giveashare.com. Do you know of any other resources like that? Or what do there you are use? a few. Um, I normally, when it comes to this, I say, you know, do your research and make sure like you do your reviews and make sure you find one that you really truly like and one that will hopefully withstand the market and what are their penalties in case they have to shut down or something of the nature, right? Um, but it mm-hmm. can be as simple as you creating your own certificate and using a, pro, a platform like um, like Charles Schwab in order to really teach you. So Charles Schwab is a trading platform. Are you there? Hello? I'm still here. I'm still here. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Still here. Okay. So yeah. You're so going. Charles Schwab. Okay. So Charles Schwab. Um, so you mentioning you're, you're starting to learn about the market, stock market. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite apps for parents, for adults who might not know as much about the market to utilize. And the reason why is because they have a lot of tutorials and people who are on the staff that will help you learn more 
um, about the market, where to invest, how to invest correctly, how to do market research and analysis, things of that nature. So I normally tell parents, honestly, even if you do it that way, that's also an op- a awesome option is getting one of those training apps, taking the tutorials and creating the, the certificate for your child. Um, that's equally as exciting to me, um, you know, as well, you know, there are different sites that I think it's good for parents to also use to just teach their children as much as they can about financial literacy. Like there's this um, money or was it, um, I'm gonna have to send you the name so that maybe you could text, put it on social media, but there's an, a game or website where the kids can play financial literacy games. And it looks like a regular video game console and the kids go through all of these like little trials and they uh, I think it's called moneystart.org if I'm not mistaken, but I'll double check that I'll, I'll confirm later. And, you know, the kids get to go through this whole little journey. And then at the end of it, they get to, you know, get a share and they get to learn about these things as well. There's incentives. But, you know, just I think it's awesome. I think it's a great idea to do that and give them stocks. It's so important, especially, you know, see people say, oh, well, what if the market crashes? I always say, well, then, you know what? You don't put all your eggs in one basket. You diversify, Um, which is why we even the 16 year old real estate. Um, we we have parents and family members. We tell them teach your teach your teenagers about real estate. Real estate is something that, when it comes to diversification, can definitely help you not just multiply your money, but it's a great base. Um, and it teaches them a lot of structure. You know, uh, we had a sixteen year old. He made calls to pre foreclosures. He called about a hundred of them, and he was able to buy a property that was worth a hundred thousand. Um, and he got it for fifteen thousand. So you know oh. it. It's things that our children can do and adults can do, but sometimes we don't want to make a hundred calls and get rejected so many times, 99 times or 90, 103 times before we get a yes, you know, but it's a good skill to have. Cause even as an adult, people say, well, your organization's only been around for about a year, year and a half. How did you get it into 137 schools? I got rejected 700 plus times, you know, mm-hmm. um, there was, you know, not necessarily 300 times back to back, but you know, I might call 30 schools and have a 30 of them say, okay, well, when you have some more case studies, call us back. And then after every few calls, I would get a yes. And I don't take it personal, but I was a skill that I learned from a young age is that rejection is not, has nothing to do with you. You shouldn't let that affect you from propelling you from your future or your success. So there's something as well that I think is important that we're teaching our youth. Right. Absolutely. Let me ask you, because we're running short on time now, but what is the most important thing that parents must teach their children about money and finances, especially if the family is like financially strapped or, or living check to check? Oh, no, I think we lost her for a second. Hopefully she'll come back. Um, but that was Jital, uh, Jitali Balaton, and she has this wonderful book, guys. You guys check it out. Kids Who Bank is her website. Kidswhobank.com is, is the website where you can go to find more about her and her book. Um, she's been giving us some great information. So hopefully if she comes back, we'll continue the show. We're almost at the um, last part of the show. Um, but the whole thing about um, stocks and and um, buying them for your children or for gifts, I think is like one of the best things you can do. And um, they would appreciate it. Of course, they get a stock in their hand and they're like, 
mm, five years old, they're going to look at you like, what is this? So it's a, and I would say it's a type of gift that you give them in addition to their um, normal gift that you would buy them. But um, give her a few minutes and see if she comes back and we can continue the last part of the show. But if you do all of those things and you teach them from a young age, don't ever think that they're too young to learn. I think that's a mistake as educators we have made in the past that thinking that kids are too young to learn. Like at one, they can't learn alphabet. They can't learn numbers. So I have a one year old knows all the colors. She knows her numbers. She can't see starting to get up to 12. She knows um, her alphabet, even though she might take them out of order a little bit. But those are things we didn't learn until we were in kindergarten. So at six years old, so kids are never too young to learn about anything. And the whole key to teaching them is to make it part of your conversation. You don't have to sit there with flashcards. You don't have to sit there um, and, and just read the books about it. Though reading puts them way ahead. So I'm not, you know, make sure you do that, do that too. But um, to sit there and just in your daily conversations, let them know, hey, we're going to get this coupon because this coupon is going to help us save some money so I can buy you that toy maybe if we keep using these. Um, so make, we got to make sure we use coupons, okay? And they're like, okay. And then just keep talking about them. Eventually, they will start to get it. Um, children are, I, I say they're born smarter these days. They just know things. So keep talking to your children. So unfortunately, Jazali has not gotten back in, into the platform. So I'm not really sure what happened or why we lost her. But I do want to thank you all for joining in and watching. And if you're watching, be sure to follow us. Our, our website, I'm going to put it up here, is SuccessfulBlackParenting.com. So we love to have you there. We just um, changed our handle on Instagram to make it easier to find us, Black Parenting Magazine. We really need to get our uh, Instagram followers up. Our Twitter's looking pretty good right now, but um, I think Jatali's coming back in. So maybe we will not sign off. Let me bring her back in. Okay, hold on a second. So I just wanted to put that there. Hey, Jatali, I'm glad you came back. I'm not sure what happened there, but I'm sure I'm glad you're there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know either. Um, we were talking about just to, I was just about to wrap up. I wasn't sure if you were coming, going to be able to get back in here, but I'm glad you did. But you, I asked you, what's the most important thing that parents must teach their children about money and finances, especially if the family's financially strapped or living check to check? I think that's a really important question. So I'm glad you came back so we can address it. I think that is very important for parents to not necessarily tell the child exactly what the financial woes are, but explain to children budgeting. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Don't think that it's too much for your children to understand. I think it's good to show them, hey, the bills, the electricity is $200, $300, that they, the gas is X, Y, and Z. The food that we're going to the supermarket to purchase is $200. That's the budget. Um, you know, even when it comes to their junk food that they like to purchase, when they maybe cereal and cookies, tell giving them a budget and saying, okay, your budget is $20. And when they go above their 20 and be like, okay, well, give me your 20. You're going above the 20 and this is your cap and sticking to it. A lot of times I find that parents, especially when we feel bad, if we're going through something financially, we feel like we want to overcompensate. But what that actually leads to is kind of spoiling the children. Um, so what I think is best is not necessarily spoiling them, but giving them a budget and having them stick to it most of the time. You might go over it once in a blue, but don't make it a consistent habit where if you said you only get $20 to go to the supermarket for your, you know, your box of cereal and your, your cookies and whatever you're going to have, 
And then you get there and they see something else that they like and they find like five new items that they never even mentioned before. I don't think it's a healthy habit for us to just add it to the to shopping cart. I think we should tell them, well, you have a budget. Stick to your budget, buddy. So if you want that, then you're going to have to put back the cookies or you have to put something back. And then you can get those gummies or whatever it is that you wanted. Um, and I think that that really helps and goes a long way. Um, and then when they try to add things that are not, you know, let's say extracurricular, a lot of our kids have like soccer class and and gymnastics or whatever else that they're in. So tell them, okay, your uniform costs X, Y, and Z. So if you like this and you're doing, you're going to stick to it and you're doing this, then great. We'll take care of that. But don't think you can do X, Y, and Z as well. Give them options, you know, and everything in life is a budget. They should know what your budget is. Um, and they should know that the bills cost. So when they want to leave the house with the lights on or leave their video game running while they go outside to play with their other friends, they can understand that, hey, you doing that, that might deduct from your weekly budget. You made a mistake and left the lights on again. That's something we should do with my nephew. He used to always run outside to go play basketball and leave the lights on in his room. TV on, lights on, and he's outside playing basketball with his friends. And he'd be like, oh, I forgot. So what we, what I told my sister to do, I said, well, you know, this is what you need to do. The next time, tell him that the penalties are going to be, every time you leave it on, $5 or $10 is going to come out of your allowance. Guess what? Oh. Within three weeks, when he saw at the end of the month, that he had like $30 coming out of his allowance. He was so furious. He never made that mistake again. And he was like, you oh, really no. gonna take this from me? Her. Oh and no. She, All right, mm -hmm. so we're, we're gonna call this a, a day because I don't know if she's having <laughs> connection issues on her end. But as you heard, that was uh, one way that you can um, help uh, children and parents can teach their children about finances and money. So I'm not sure why we kept losing her, but you can find her. Here's her website, Kids Who Bank. And wait, she's trying to join us again. But Kids Who Bank, and uh, let's get her back in. All right, hold on. <laughs> I don't know, it's a connection issue, I guess. I don't know what's no, going on there, but yes. So, we're, yeah, I was just telling everyone they can find you at Kids Who Bank as well online. So those yes. are great recommendations. Um, uh, you want to finish up what you were saying and then just tell us well, where I'll, we can find yeah, you well, on social media. Yeah, so long story short, um, you know, just you have to enforce it. You can't give them a budget and not enforce it. And, you know, so you can find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that at Kids Who Bank. And um, online, it's info at kidswhobank.com or my website, www.kidswhobank.com. And if you have a child who's an entrepreneur, philanthropist that you would like to nominate, we have something called the Kidpreneur Awards where you for being honored for that. And um, there's two prize amounts, one for $1,000 and one for $1,500 that the kids can get towards their businesses or their philanthropy. So if you think you have somebody you want to submit, go to our website and learn more about it. All right. Before we go, just tell us really quickly about one of your success stories of, of whatever it is that you want to tell us about. Um, I think my favorite success story would be when it comes to our youth um, going into the schools and I would have kids tell me that they didn't feel like unless they were Willow Smith or Jaden Smith, that they could ever achieve their goals because they felt like only people with silver spoons would achieve their goals. And they also felt like a lot of adults didn't really um, create those ladders for them. They felt like they became rich and forgot about them. And that was at an inner city school. And I had it, that experience in a school in Compton, Los Angeles, um, in California. And then we had a school in Brownsville, Brooklyn, and the kids were saying the same thing. So we created the Kidpreneur Awards to kind of change and combat that. Last year, April 29th, 2019, was our, 2018 was our first one. 
And when we did that in April, came that May, we had a kid saying that. And the kid said, you know, I Googled kid entrepreneurs and your website came up. And he said that it really propelled him to become a chef. And, you know, it was so interesting because he said one of the stories was a young lady who came to your awards. And she said that seeing all those little kids doing dynamic things was something as little as a $50 bar from their parents. She created her own brownie company. And the little boy is like, well, wow. I want to cook real food and I'm only 10. And I didn't think that people would want to buy from a 10 year old. And now this year he submitted as an, a possible award winner and he has his own little cooking line. So he has a website, he's cooking food for little kid parties. Um, and he like makes chicken, like fried chicken and soul food. And he's 10 years old. So it's like awesome because that was one of my favorite because it was like we created something for this exact moment. And now we have our kids are able to at least look it up. And the more publicity and the more press we get, of course, the more opportunities that our kids get to see these stories. And it's just an exciting thing. And now he has his own little business and he's doing that. And I know that there are a few stories that are the same kind of, oh, we saw the awards and the kids in guns and tuxes. And now we're entrepreneurs, too. And some of them, one girl's like, I'm the I want to be a doctor. And she's like, I don't see enough people my complexion in my culture that are doctors. And, you know, she said she felt like she wanted to, she enjoyed seeing that she didn't have to be an entrepreneur because she felt like when she's in Seoul, everybody's an entrepreneur now. And she's like, well, it made me feel bad for just wanting to be a doctor and having a job and having someone pay me. And I was like, one, as a doctor, you can own your own practice eventually if you want to. Mm -hmm. And B, there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five. This whole thing of being everyone being an entrepreneur, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But if that's not your passion, don't ever feel bad about that. So I guess that's my biggest success stories is helping kids, you know, really hone their passion. No, I think that is fantastic because and it was really important that you say that, that not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. Um, but, you know, you, your nine to five might be what you want. Um, we were just talking about that with cutting out vocational programs in high school that we need to go kind of go back to that because there's nothing wrong. Also, with being a plumber, you can be your own have your own business as a plumber or you can work and, and still make make bank. <laughs> so but I want to I want to thank you for coming on Back Talk, the talk show for parents, for all those who are listening or are listening now, because you can also get the replay in about it usually takes about 15 minutes. You can also share that and share the broadcast with your friends and followers. Let's get the word out. Uh, we really need this is a really good platform. Back Talk, the magazine, Successful Black Parenting magazine. We're here. We're advocates for you guys. We are activists for you guys. So we want to make sure people know about us so that we can help. Um, and until next time, we'll see you soon. So thank you so much, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.